Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, wherever you are. This is Michael Signorelli coming to you from my backyard in northwest Indiana. As always, it is not a backtrack plane. This is real rain and real wind and real birds chirping out here in God's country. <laughs> but uh, I'm just sitting out here. I've kind of got this overhang little Four Seasons area that's shielded me from the elements. But I woke up last night, I woke up this morning rather, from like a 10-hour sleep. And I don't know if you've ever had one of those night's sleep where you're like, you drop. I mean, you're basically comatose. You're, you're borderline dead. And then it's not even waking up. It's more like a resurrection. You wake up, you don't, you're disoriented. You don't know what time it is. You have no idea where you are. Where st- I, I have glasses. I wear glasses most of the time. And you wake up just hoping to God that your glasses aren't crushed underneath you. I don't know if anyone else goes through that, but <clears throat> I just totally dropped out So I want to talk about rest. (laughs) I think that's an appropriate topic for this morning um, while I'm I'm trying to come out of my slumber. Some of you guys probably noticed that these podcasts, I have this Johnny Cash style deep voice um, because it's so early in the morning every time I do them. So you got to get a different Signorelli flavor if you wake up with me and and do these podcasts every day. But um, and I want to say before we jump into it, the, the, the views are going up every day, which is awesome. And the number of listeners is increasing and subscriptions and all that. And this, is pretty, this isn't even a low production. This is like a no production. I've got a $100 Rode mic and my phone. And I'm ne- there's no fancy bumper intro or outro or any of that commercial stuff. So we're, kinda, we're trying to be the Kurt Cobain of podcasting where there's no frills and we're just letting it rip, rock and roll. But um, I want to talk today about the three, the three elements of rest. And these are some things that God has just kind of like spoken to me about recently because rest is such an important ingredient for successful people. And it's oftentimes not discussed because it's perceived as an element of weakness. And I know that there's a lot of pastors, there's a lot of, uh, you know, Christian leaders who are listening to this. And it's like rest is not something that we celebrate in our culture. And there's all kinds of books you can read about this. But let me just kind of, in the next 15 minutes, just give you some, some elements. I want to read from the Psalms this morning. So Psalms 73:26 says, My flesh and my heart may fail, but God is the strength of my heart and my portion forever. So number one, rest is all about what occupies, occupies the space above you. Rest is all about what occupies the space above you. So, you know, my girls, I have two girls, and right now they're nine years old and two years old. Yeah, we like to just make life as hard as possible, <laughs> right? When one of them, like, grew up enough to be self-sufficient a little bit, we had another one. But what it reminds me is that my girl's rest is found in what's above them. I'm above them. I'm leading them. Therefore, they're able to have rest. They know that the bills are somehow going to get paid, even though they don't know bills exist. Water's coming out of the tap. Electricity's coming out of the outlets. 
what occupies the space above them is a loving Father. So this is probably the biggest point I'm going to make the entire time. But you will not find true rest until you understand what occupies the space above you. Now, right now, if that's not God, let's say it's your job, that you're not going to have real rest. Now, now you might take confidence in the fact that your job is going to help you pay the bills. Your job is going to help you uh, migrate from one season to the next in your life. But you are truly not going to be free in a real rest until that space is occupied by a loving father. Because fathers, they look after you and they take care. But a job, it changes. You know, here in Northwest Indiana, there's a steel mill culture. And so back in the 70s and 80s, you had, I mean, literally like 70, 80, 90% of all young men going to work in the mills because it was living wage without a college education. And that created a culture here in Northwest Indiana. And the culture is an extreme reliance on your job, an extreme reliance on your job. But what started to happen, and I believe that it's opened people's hearts to Jesus in the last 10 to 15 years, is that the mills have been inconsistent, people are getting laid off, fired, and it's breaking that reliance. You know, if let me put it like this. Here's the next one. If, if the space above you is occupied, you're elevating the relationships of your life, whether it's somebody who you're in a romantic relationship with, husband, wife, girlfriend, boyfriend, whatever, you are not going to have true rest because you're going to spend your time really trying to please them and, and keep that relationship intact. And so if you elevated that place to the space above you, you have literally set yourself up already for unrest. Okay, so number one is what is occupying the space above you? I think that it's so, so, so important that every single day you acknowledge, God, all the control in my life is an illusion. You are in control. The involuntary movements of my heart are truly being pumped by you, God. You're the electricity running my brain. Yeah, food, whatever, but all of that subjected to your will and your ways. You're in control. And I think that David understood this in a way that, that is still inspiring. Let's look at Psalms 61.1. It says, Hear my cry, O God. Listen to my prayer. From the ends of the earth I call to you. I call as my heart grows faint. Lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For you have been my refuge, a strong tower against the foe. I long to dwell in your tent forever and take refuge in the shelter of your wings. So what is higher than you? Is it your job? Is it a relationship? What is it? Because as long as it's not God, you've got trouble. Well, when it's God, it's those wings of His refuge that actually just circle around you and cover you and shelter you against the storm. It's, it's that rock that is higher than you that you can take refuge and pull yourself out of your mess. So number two, the way to find true rest is to remove distractions. You know, I'm telling you, man, let me just give you a practical tip. If you're on iPhone right now and you're on the latest update, they have this feature that will allow you to actually put your phone on a timer and then starting at a certain time every evening will switch your phone over to another color palette which is softer and studies have proven that the more light that's coming into your eyes, um, the more your hormones are actually affected by that light and will reduce your ability to have a proper good night's sleep. Because you know human beings were not built for artificial light 
And so what happens is, as you're putting the light of your phone through your eyes, you are telling your body that it is still light outside, resist sleeping, because it's trying to regulate itself. And you've got to do things to remove, the, even like scientifically, you know, God, there is like a, a, a manufacturer's, manufacturer's warranty that comes with your body. And there are laws and principles of nature that are governing your body. You know, when we go on mission trips or we travel overseas, um, there's a lot of military that, that do this as well. You can actually reset your clock if you understand the, the manufacturer's you know, uh, manual that comes with your body. And so we do like a 16-hour fast, water only, leading into the new time zone. And then the next time you eat after like a 16- to 18-hour good water only fast, the next time you eat, you have this huge meal, and that will tell your body that's the new breakfast, that's the new morning, and reset your clock. And so we use these different strategies, understanding that the things that are natural also exist in the spirit realm. The things that are spiritual are also interplaying with the natural, and you have to understand that. And what I want you guys all to do while you're listening is to think about, okay, rest, is it spiritual? Absolutely. Is there a physical component? Yes, there is. So look at your iPhones, go into the settings, and change that over. What it does is it tries to reduce the type of light that's coming through your eyes and help you. Put your phone away. Um, what I try to do in leading my family is to create you know, a culture in my home that's not jacked up. I went and bought a charging bay for all of our phones and iPads, and I put it in a cabinet in my master bedroom that where the doors close on it. So Julie's phone, my phone, the iPads, all that stuff goes up into this charging bay. We plug them all in and we close the door. And what that does is create like a central location where people can't, you know, Bella can't be grabbing stuff out of there. Even Julie and I, okay, we're going to put it away. And, it, and what it's doing is it's removing distractions to create rest. And let me read something to you. This is Hebrews 4, 9 through 11. It says, Let us therefore strive to enter that rest so that no, man, no one may fall by the same sort of disobedience. So let us strive to enter that rest. Sometimes it's going to be a fight to enter into rest. It's going to be a striving to enter into rest. It's not something that's going to happen on accident. You have to control the technology. You have to control your diet. You have to control your, your activity level. And then what will happen? You'll enter rest. Let me read another one. Hebrews 4, 16. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who in every respect has been tested as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore approach the throne of grace with boldness, so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. And this is the last one, number three, how to get true rest, is you must receive healing. You know, recently I had this tattoo. It was like a decade old. It looked like garbage. It's on my left arm. I preach with my left hand when I hold the mic, and I thought to myself, I cannot go plant a church in New York City with this whack tattoo on my left arm that everyone's going to see. I've got to get it covered up. So I got it covered up with this lantern and this candle that comes through, like the light of the world type of thing. And, you know, it turned out really good. But it's been such a long time since I got a tattoo that I forgot that when you, it's a tattoo is a big wound. <laughs> Basically on my arm is a big wound right now. And those wounds leak 
And Julie has this whole, she's like, oh, I remember, you know, this whole thing when you get tattoos, you know, you've got a separate sheets you have to sleep in and you're going to have to take care of that and don't be sticking to the bed sheets with the plasma gooing out of it or whatever. But what I realized is that when you have a wound, it's very difficult to sleep. It, it will actually disrupt your sleep. You'll toss, you'll turn, you'll, I, I hit that tattoo, I hit that wound, and it becomes a disruption. And so your ability to rest is oftentimes determined by what, which wounds are open in your life. If you're walking around wounded, it's very difficult to rest. You know, at a certain time in my life, I was diagnosed as a high-functioning alcoholic. I was drinking that much, even in the context of ministry. And that's something that I freely talk about now that I'm on the other side of that and been delivered from it. But I had these wounds, wounds from my past, from abusive stepfathers, um, from abandonment, rejection, wounds from bills not being paid and the, the worry and the anxiety and the apprehension of are my brothers and sisters and I going to be taken away? What's going to happen? And those wounds, they still continue to be open in my adulthood and I found it very difficult to rest. I was tortured by those wounds from the past. And... I needed healing in my life to truly be able to lay down and not toss and turn on that wound every single time I tried to lay down. Some of you listening right now, you know what I'm talking about. You, it's, you lay down in bed and, and you just cannot fall asleep. You're tortured by thoughts, tortured by thoughts of the past, the present, and the future. I pray for people every single week that go through this. And as soon as I pray for their sleep, they begin to just weep and weep and weep because it's such a, a place of torture in their life. Let me read more. 1 Peter 5, 7 says, casting all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. We are one of the most anxiety-ridden cultures in the world right now here in America. We have this climate that tells us work, 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 do, 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 be, 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 be. And it's driving our identity to this point where we are just anxiety-ridden. We're never good enough. The fashion industry is constantly telling us that. We are never fit enough. The fitness industry is constantly telling us that. We, everything is wrong, and, and their business is there to make it right. And that's constantly what we're told, and it's creating this anxiety. People in the relationships we have you know, try to convince us that we're not enough. You know, we are just con continually bombarded. The bills, you know, since 2008 and the financial collapse, we live in this era now on the backside of the second Great Depression in America, so things don't add up. We went to college because that's what we were told we were supposed to do, and now we have debt uh, up to our ears. We're taking out credit cards and try to live a certain way. It just doesn't add up, and so we are anxiety-ridden, and I love what it says. It says, casting all your anxieties on Him because He cares for you. Do you believe that there is somebody higher than you that you can cast all your cares on, that is strong enough to hold them and not fail. Some of you have tried to cast your cares on a man, on your husband. Some of you have tried to cast your cares on a woman, on, on your wife, on your girlfriend, and you've watched their knees buckle under the weight of your cares. But there is one who is stronger than you. There is one who can heal you. There is one who desires for you to cast all your cares. It says this in Psalms 116.7, Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. And here's what I'm telling you. The, the kingdom of heaven is like children. 
the kingdom of heaven is just like little children. You must return to your rest. Do you remember that rest that you had when you were a child before the consciousness of your adult life and all the worries that you go through? Do you remember the, the rest that you had as a child before technology and all the distractions entered your life? Do you remember the rest that you had before um, the relationships and the brokenness and the pain? The word of the Lord to you this morning is Psalms 116.7, Return to your rest, my soul, for the Lord has been good to you. Let me read Mark 6.31. Then, because so many people were coming and going that they did not even have a chance to eat, he said to them, come with me by yourselves to a quiet place and get some rest. Isn't that amazing? That Jesus tells them, come to a quiet place with me and get some rest. As I'm here walking circles in my backyard, feeling the presence of God for you, I want to invite you now to come to a quiet place to find some rest. Some of you, some tears have just begun to fall down as you've been listening to this message. It's just exactly what you needed to hear. And I want to let you know that it's not the end. It is not the end. This is the beginning. This is the beginning. You are going to learn proper balance. You are going to learn that there is somebody to take a refuge in. And God is going to be your God of rest. You've known Him as the God of your victories, the God of your finances, the God of your relationships. You must know Him as the God of your rest. So let me pray for you just to close this thing down today. Heavenly Father, we take Your invitation to rest right now. We take Your invitation to heal the wounds that have prevented us from resting. We take Your invitation to elevate You to the place above us, God, where we can cast our cares upon You and You alone. Father, I thank You that every person listening right now is receiving a portion of rest. Rest is not the same as sleep. Sleep is awesome. We're going to get sleep. You're going to invite us to a place of sleep. But most of all, You are going to bring us to a place of rest. Rest, rest, rest. I release that word over them. I release it over them right now, Father. I thank You that You have made us complete in You alone, God. Lord, I just thank You that we're going to find rest at work. We're going to find rest at home. Everywhere we go, we're going to find rest. That we are going to return to that place of rest that we had, Father. It's a supernatural thing. It won't make sense and it won't be possible any other way besides You, Father. And I thank you for it. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, I love you guys. You are amazing. If you're listening via iTunes, go ahead and subscribe. If you're listening via SoundCloud, comment in the, in the little areas that inspired you and repost it. Continue to share with your friends. If you feel that this message is for somebody close to you, go ahead and share it. Post it on their wall, whatever you've got to do so that they can get a breakthrough in their own life as well. And I love you, and I will see you next time. Out.